Hi, right here. My name is Ben Yuko. I'm with the Zone One Three organization. Please watch my current event show every Mondays and Wednesdays when I'm talking about IT, sports, and entertainment. Don't touch that dial. All right. All right. It's Ben Yuko here on this great, great, great Monday afternoon here on this, on this beautiful day, Monday, March 8, 2021. I'm with you today to join in on the serious, serious way of doing current events and stuff. So today we're going to, we got a lot of things to cover. We got plenty, a lot of things to cover. First, I'm going to start with a story that I think that is worth my attention. But you know, this has been from the Daily Beast. This is a story that I've been knowing about for about five months about Nicki Minaj and the situation with her husband, Kenneth Petty. But this is what was, was going to come out anyway. About how Nicki Minaj wasn't turning in her husband to, you know, to file for a sexual, register as a sex offender. Now I find it funny that all those ones that went in on Chris Brown, an innocent black man. Are you surprised that they, Gloria Allright is nowhere to be found talking about Nicki Minaj and her husband Kenneth Petty? Nowhere to be found, nowhere to be found to have any worth discussion about doing some discussion. Well, we're going to go over parts of the article because this is pretty damaging. I'm going to lay out some of the important stuff in this because the stuff has been documented. And this does go into okay. All right, so let's go into this. When you, when someone's wife, you gotta be more prayed up. Up. Think about a tall audience and two or her audience does a nineteen episode of her Apple Music on Cream Radio, because you got to cover your husband. In prayer, the rapper was responding to criticism she had received from married convicted sex defendant Kenneth Zupetti. 
Nick Minaj went on to claim that Petty has been wrongly accused of attempt of rape at the age of 15 and that his victim had actually written a letter to the judge back that in 1995 to recant her statement, but only to reverse course after she found out she could go to jail for 90. But White is right. Very interesting. Is it an interesting fact that her man, um, they're saying that she was falsely accused. My question is, where's the evidence for that? Because they know Nicki Minaj's husband has issues. Uh, issues. Well, in general, has issues. And this wasn't be a surprise when you're, you're friends with Takashi, the Mossad agent. Number one, Mossad. Anything you can get out of Mossad, that will look good on your record. Then you also, you also are defending your brother, who also is one too, which that's on the record. That's been they convicted you for that. And yes, we know, but they they found out they they had all this back in it. Nicki Minaj did do the husband, the um, the brother did what he did. So that's two. I just named two of them. And then you have can then you have not a child rape, but you know sex offender has child rape on his re potentially on his record, Kenneth Patty. <laughs> it's 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 very, very sad to hear about this whole Nicki Minaj thing where Nicki Minaj is having a little hard time scoping on the record that she actually could be doing. Knowing the fact that her husband was a was was a sex and he forgot to register. So they they're not gonna So let's finish reading the article since they're not done. Parts of the article, the important stuff of the article. So you can read the whole thing yourself. But Petty's victim, who can't come forward using her only her first name, Jennifer, is not white. Her mother is white, and her father is black. Both she and Petty were 16 years old at the time of the assault, which she reported it immediately. She says she never submitted a letter recanting, but alleges just that associate of Minaj and Petty spent months last year harassing her to do so. Going so far to offer hundreds of thousands of dollars on their behalf. At one point, Jennifer says she also spoke with Minaj herself. Minaj and Petty did, didn't respond to requests of comment. Wow. Jennifer moved three times in 2020 out of fear of safety. The final time out of state separating her her from her 22 year old daughter and since she came forward with a section of the gospel blogosphere have exploded as Renata stands and even some estranged family members attempt to discredit her let's learn I mean we were never in a relationship you lied 
Nicki Minaj. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying to the camera that me and Kenneth Petty was never in a relationship. Nicki Minaj, you lied on your Instagram and you lied on Queen Radio about those comments that you made about me were both safe lies. I don't know who told you that, but you shouldn't have repeated it with the platform that you have. You did reach out to me. You did offer me to come to L.A. You also offered to send your publicist, Joe, out to see me. Mm. That's my strong, strong allegations. Um, and it, it's just unfortunate that all this is going on and you're you're paying the price and, and suffering and pain and no one's still... Uh, <laughs> oh boy I tell you these guys are not even done with this so no now we're gonna now we're gonna play I'm gonna find that I'm gonna find nosies and I'm not saying I'm big up on knows these things so it's just like so they're not they're not even done with this in so let's let's go over this they had this this is changed so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a little bit So I want you to listen part to my show from those hex live. They're just discussing the whole thing, so you will see what goes on, and that's what we're going to hear. Okay. Okay. Okay.
suck my trick, Jack. You suck my fucking dick, bitch. How the fuck? How dare you? How dare you, Jack? You know, I know you said vibes only, but I'm just like, you know what? As a man, I feel like I gotta come up here and be like, guess what? Y'all ain't about to sit up here and come for women like this. Yeah, you not. Yeah, you not. <laughs> also, I'm a huge fan of you and Jag. Every man wants a including little Allie. We are all survivors. Yep. I'm a victim too. Yep. Hmm. Nicki Minaj is about her whole little Barbie dollhouse is about to crumble, and the Barbs. Are unhinged. They don't know how to handle it. Nicki Minaj yeah. got herself in this situation. She should have kept her fucking mouth closed. Find a hero that don't like fucking a rapist. All those toys are on recall. <laughs> oh. How about that? How about you find you a hero that don't like fucking rapists? <laughs> and the next motherfucker that wants to come up here checking me about Nicki's past, remember, read the title of the video. We're talking about the present today. We ain't talking about the past today. We talking about the present. Stay present. And she is presently married to a registered sex offender and getting her fans to torment an innocent woman. Yeah. Um, what's this person's name? Oh, hold up. I'm about to mute you real quick, Angel, because somebody else just came up here. Um, let me. Bro- All right, we're gonna we're, we're gonna stop for for a second. We're gonna continue. This is the this is the the meat of it. We're gonna get into. We're, we're gonna see. You can, so I want to see if you're going to defend this. I want to see if you're going to defend this. You can't defend this. You cannot defend this. This has so many holes. And this is what tells you the story. I warned you when Nicki Minaj covered up her brother, this was suspect. Then something wasn't right. And then once she married Kenneth Petty, then problems were starting to come in into play. Let's let's continue. Borrow a couple dollars. What you got to say, honey? I love the name. Oh, 
I'm just be sad, and I think that uh, Nikki is a wrong person. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that that that's the part that we had to play. You got defendants. The, 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 it's 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 a, the Takashi sixty nine. You just heard that abusing women. Takashi's a child rapist. Yeah, that's a that's a that's another predator. We even that's a predator. We are brain. That's a top one. How can Nikki defend it? And you have a husband. You have a husband, and, and now you have a kid. <laughs> This has got this has got to be messed up here. Mm. Got to be completely, absolutely messed up. Mm. Oh boy, defending a child rapist. The brother's a pervert. No, no problem. So you can tell what's going on here. You can tell there's something wrong with this picture. So I, I I wanted I wanted that article to speak for you, and you can read the rest of the article yourself, because you can see, you can tell that she did what she did, and all the evidence, the all the evidence absolutely completely stands for the fact that Nicki Minaj is standing with a fucking pervert, a, a potential pervert. 
They they said that there's also fact that Nicki Minaj met Kenneth Petty when she was young. Oh well, okay, wait a minute. That's like that's like I married uh no, that's some pervert shit right there. <laughs> and and no one sees that problem. Everyone's just no, okay. That's okay. And think about how much she sells sex to little girls. <laughs> that should be problematic. To little girls. Well, that finds a lot to that tells you a lot. So I had to play that audio for you. Okay. Now Let's talk about this gopher thing, because now Wednesday for the Big Ten tournament, they're going to be playing the team. You know, um, they're going to play Northwestern. Could Brian Dutcher could be gopher's target for Rick Paterno? We don't know yet of what's going to happen, but he, he, the motherfucker needs to be fired. The fact that... The fact that he's still on that team, he should be fired... And let the intern, um, uh, let some intern coach, um, do it for the, and then, then you gotta go, um, gotta go and find a shop for a new coach, cause, Rip Paterno is, he's no, he's not, he's not the future of the team. You go from 16 to be not even a contender for the NCAA tournament. <laughs> oh, this is, it's such a, it's such a fucking shame, complete shame. Of himself that actually not being a real contender of the tournament and not even trying the best to actually win games. They're not they're not even trying. It's like it's like they're just weakening up everything, weakening up the ball. It's just like just give it up, give up, give up, give up, give up, give up. That's all it is. That's how it gets down. So that's that's what it is. So let me just, let's just get to the let's get to the article here. Can Brian Dutcher be Gophers' targets to replace with Paterno? As the Minnesota Golden Gophers men basketball team wraps up to its season, the tier tender of Rick Paterno may all be coming to an end. With rumors flying about Paterno's future, the Govers might be on the hunt for for his replacement. An interesting name to follow could be San Diego State head coach Brian Dutcher. Dutcher is the son of of Jim, who spent 11 seasons, 1975 to 86, and led the Govers to the last official Big Ten title during the 1981-1982. His lineage may be the one of the reasons the Gopher would be answered. The other may be the buyer clause in Dutcher's contract. According to the San Diego Union Tribune, the buyout for Dutcher contract is $6.9 million. Unless he goes in Minnesota, should Dutcher become the new Gopher head coach, the university will pay a $1 million buyout. It's Minnesota, Wicker said. With Dutcher signing a contract extension last September, it means, it means so much for him and his family. I feel comfortable. If that's something he really wants to do, then okay. I fully feel that he has a better opportunity to be successful at Sandy said than he has in Minnesota. It would mean 
that he would want to go back to family for family type reasons. The cost may be a factor whatever the Gophers decided to fire Paterno. Well, I think they should, and it's coming down to doing it because it needs to be done. The university has made several cuts in the athletic department last fall, and Paterno carries a two point if he is fired before April 30th. Well, I think they need to get it done, and he should, he should be, this will be the perfect time to get rid of him before our, our reputation becomes tainted. Dozier has turned the ad tax into a power during his four year SDSU. The ad tax has gone 93 and 30 under Dozier, including a 30-2 and two record during the 2019-2020 season. Dutch's successful crew, three Mountain West championships, will welcome at Minnesota. The Gophers are currently in the seventh losing season in the Big Ten during Paterno's eighth season as head coach. Sip! This motherfucker should have been gone. Well, the Gophers started this season 11-4 and lost Nine of their past 11 game any time with a regular season finale against Rutgers. <laughs> jeez, jeez. This motherfucking Rick Paterno should be fucking gone. He should be fired. You just heard that? Eight seasons. Eight losing seasons. And you can't even get a championship. You couldn't even get, maybe you got one into the tournament. You had one of the best. Three um, shooters in the in the Big Ten, and you don't make the freaking tournament. There's something not right there. It's something completely not right. And I'm gonna repeat it once again. You got I see games that you have rebounding problems. We're seeing team miscoordination sometimes when you guys have certain turnovers. The communication's absolutely completely missing in that game. How do, how do you win games? How do you win games with that? You cannot win games with that type with with that type of sport. Never could win a game. Can't can't win can't win a game doing that. Can someone explain that to me? Especially on those two issues I just mentioned. Another issue I, I would like to another issue I do like to I do like to mention. In that, and sometimes we see a shooting deficiency. Sometimes, when it comes down to how we control the ball. So, like for example, when you got when we miss the re, um the ball. So let's say if, if Marcus misses the three, we need to get more guys. Being aggressive on offense, getting those rebounds. That's how the biggest, biggest, biggest way you so this it's it's an offensive rebounding issue and a defensive rebounding issue that I see because you got to make sure you rebound. And I and I remember one game this past season they were just just starting to shoot threes automatically, shooting threes all the way. <laughs> how's that? How's that actually getting shit? 
How did I actually get any shit done? That's not getting anything done. Gophers want to see fans, hardcore Gopher fans, want to see better ways of winning and doing things. It is actually why. So we... So we have to, and we, and and they had like a strong recruiting course, where I don't know how you don't, how you don't win a whole season. <laughs> Makes absolutely um, no sense. So it, it's actually pretty, it's pretty embarrassing. It's actually freaking embarrassing to to watch and watch how everything falls apart at once. So that should work a different tone behind that. It's, it's like, it, it, it's, shame, it's absolutely fucking shameful. So I think when you find a head coach, you need to find assistant coaches that can be ready to be head coaches. I think you need to get somebody who actually knows, knows communication. They can work to be patient with younger players. I think that's one. And try to get them to, to do team development and stuff. Because the way that the Gophers need, it, we need, it needs, there needs to be a, a, a real paradigm shift on what goes on with the Gopher basketball. Just like the one, the biggest one that needs the biggest paradigm shift is the, is the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's one of the biggest paradigm shifts that we really need to be that. And I want one of these times, I want to do a special report after the the Minnesota Timberwolves season wraps up. And I want to talk about how how do I envision the next 5 to 10 years and what I think a paradigm shift will be for, for the, um, the Timberwolves. It, it needs a lot done. And when they do fire Rick Paterno, I would like to do a special report too, just to see what what I what I like to vision on how that actually be. I do not gotta tell you now, but if they do make an announcement, that's when I'll just drop the I'll just drop a special report. And I like to get a idea from other, and I like to get some ideas from actual go for basketball fans. How will we change the paradigm shift for the Gopher basketball team? The one to see what it, what makes a difference and see, as in just like I want to do with the Timberwolves, what do we want to see so different? Because they always want to have something, but they don't really want to put the effort of how we actually do things. So I like to see Minnesota teams grow. And including the wild. All right. So that's it for this one. No, I'm gonna. I want to talk. I want to. I want to talk about that royal family. The, the royal interview that that happened yesterday with um. Um. How 
they roll out major racism in the royal family. Now I'm gonna play this clip from the Today Show so you can hear what's what is said. In her devastating interview, a visibly pregnant Duchess of Sussex told Oprah Winfrey her royal life in London left her suicidal. I just didn't want to be alive anymore. And that was a very clear and real and frightening constant thought. And I remember I remember how he just cradled me and I was I went to the institution and I said that I needed to go somewhere to get help. So that I've never felt this way before and I need to go somewhere. And I was told that I couldn't, that it wouldn't be good for the institution. So were you thinking of harming yourself? Were you having suicidal thoughts? Yes. This was very, very clear. The young family sharing a video from a Californian beach. But Megan says before she had baby Archie, there were conversations about his status in the royal family and about his race. In those months when I was pregnant, all around this same time, so we had in tandem the conversation of he won't be given security, he's not going to be given a title, and also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? And you're not going to tell me who had the conversation? I think that would be very damaging to them. Well, what is particularly striking is what Megan shared with us earlier, is that no one wants to admit that there's anything about race or that race has played a role in the trolling and the vitriol. What was that conversation? That conversation <laughs> I'm never going to share. Um, but at the time, at the time it was awkward. I was a bit shocked. Um, can, you, can you tell us what the question was? No, I don't, I'm not comfortable sharing that. The strain, Harry and Meghan say, ultimately driving them away from the UK and from the royal family. When we were in Canada, I, I had uh, three conversations with my grandmother and two conversations with my father um, before I stopped taking my calls. I took matters in, by that point, I took matters into my own hands. It was like, I need to do this for my family. The couple say the British press played a major role. A story about Meghan making Kate cry, one of many, Meghan says, was untrue. Was there a situation where she might have cried or she could no, have cried? No, the reverse happened. Crucially, the couple say they felt unprotected. The scars are clear. You said that you love your brother and always will love your brother. You didn't tell me what the relationship is now, though. Um, the relationship is space at the moment and you know time heals all things hopefully no comment guys from the palace uh, this morning perhaps that's to be expected the couple do say they have a good relationship with the queen and announced another piece of news that on another day would have made headlines that they're having a baby girl savannah hey thanks for watching our youtube channel all right guys that's enough of that let me look at this i, I watched the interview Parts of the I was I fell asleep um earlier about it, but I, let, me, let me tell you something. Let me explain to everybody something. 
I want to ask everybody, why do Americans keep supporting this family? This family is such reckless on the racism, how they still hate black people, how they how they think of as black people as weeds. How do you, how do you support a family, the royal family, that dictates policy at the British Parliament? Most of you don't know that the British Parliament, that they don't even... They don't even run nothing that the queen run the queen and the rest of them and the elites with the Bank of England they run everything. You don't can people don't understand that Boris Johnson and these prime ministers are puppets. They are puppets because the British royalty runs everything. Is that clear? That you got are very clear about that, you understand? Alright, so, that's one of the things. Another thing, also, it's like, they have a history of predatory behavior with Jeffrey Epstein, because the Prince Andrew is definitely friends with Jeff. The royal family associates with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Who was Jeffrey Epstein was when he was, he was a Mossad agent? So that's, why you kind of don't you don't even know about that royal family so one of the things that kind of understand is people need to do their research on the dark history of the royal family understand that no one in these these british tabloids in the u.s tabloids should be celebrating do you know do you know one thing i'll tell you do you know the butler has to clean the of uh, the woman's on uh, the queen's on um, queen's own ass when she's at the toilet. Do you know how how fucked up that is? You know that Char, um, Her, um, Prince um, Harry's brother in Cape Mills. You know that they have a. Do you know that they have a a, a palace, a house somewhere. In, in Canada, and you know that us taxpayers are paying for that. Most people don't know that. You don't even don't even know don't even know that they, you are, you are pay, completely paying for the entire thing. So the family's doing this. Uh, the royal family should never be celebrated. It should never be celebratory. It's not something. The people should be celebrating the reckless history of these guys. Is that understood? Oh, we got a lot of developments today. No, we are, they now let's next thing we're gonna talk about is the Grammys. This is just a preview of the Grammys. So the Grammys is also. She got some of the the record. Magical. So they got live performance of Bad Bunny, Billy Edge. I know they got the baby. They got some of your favorite stuff. Killer Mike, Megan Stallion, Little Baby, Lambert, Post Malone, Robbie Rich, Megan Mari, Tara Swift. 
some of the, the, the big stars are going to be. So, yeah, so they're going to have a lot of those big stars at the Grammys this Sunday. There'll be a special part tomorrow about the Black Music Collective thing at the Grammy and talk about things right there that should be actually a lot better. So that also be coming up tomorrow. So that's also the heads up on that. Okay, we got a couple we got a couple news uh, we got a couple news stories today. T V um rated R and B next. T Y announced new season on Zong. So you can learn about more about your favorite R and B artists. So we got a couple of them coming up. Also, TV One, TV One, a winning, winning series is making a return later this month. The network has announced the live for season 15, which premieres on Sunday, March 21st at 9 p.m. The season will range uh, under R&B as Morris Day, Selena John, Leah Jane, Keith Washington, Bobby Valentine, Life Jennings, the the Jones Girls, and also gospel gospel artists. He has a week watch and rap mystical. So that it was talk and, and that's what the big thing. So as a show that people should check out unsung. And I I gotta I gotta watch at least some of these unstrongs. I gotta be honest with you. I've I don't watch these but I should be watching them be honest with you. See what it, what is brought to the table. So you can understand different stories about music. On um, part of this International Women's Day, we got this one. New Janet Jackson documented to debut in 2022. Janet Jackson made it clear of our last two uh, unbreakable that would be won't be here without the love she stands up. with a storybook career that. Spent closer to four years, the global icon is ready to let out the truth of her lips in a two-night, four-hour documentary in collaboration with Lifetime and Amy, concluding with the 40th anniversary of her self-titled debut album, which will be released, was released in September of 1982. The retrospective feature doc, Tensely Tile Janet, is slated to air on both networks in early 2022. Describe an intimate host and unfiltered Janet will cover her mammoth successes as well as unbelievable tragedies that to cripple her career like the Super Bowl appearance with Justin Timberlake. She goes a step further to discuss her brother and her music demigod Michael Jackson and become a mother later in life. Another great loss to be mentioned is the past of five patriarch of the Jackson family, Joseph. He died in 2018 from prostate cancer. Including in the anticipated doc will never be be, be never before seen home video along with study interviews for those who know Jackson back. Jackson and Randy J are signed on an executive producer for Jan along with Freaky Murray, Worker B, and Bree Miranda Bryant. In other news, Janet is reportedly working on her next album, Black Dot. We round up everything we know about the follow-up to 2050 Unbreakable 
in an editorial last week. Speaking on on break in October 2020, Radar revisited Jazz 11 studio on the 50th anniversary. We argued the LP title of Parallel to Her Michael 2001 album Invisible. Revisit the anniversary feature here. So that's something I want you to check out. Alright, so there. So we got some little bit, a couple of baseball news. Couple of, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go zoom some of the key important stuff. All right, here we go. Brewers center fielder Lorenzo Kent is more slowly by a minor quad injury that previously thought putting the veteran tight schedule to be ready on opening day. He was off the field last week. We didn't see him on the field. Brewer manager Craig Corral said Monday morning. So he will go outside there to play some Kent and do some light running as to say more than with the trainers. Not necessary. We're kind of in the process wherever we gain information every day and what happens today determines how we can push it tomorrow. Yeah, he's going to be slow by this, and we're getting to the point where the schedule gets a little bit tight here. I think we can still have the time to get ready for the season, but when you are missing a week on the field for anyway, it starts to make the schedule and have a good day is important. So they're trying to get him ready for, um, to be ready for the opener. Um, uh, Lariano's talks this week, so you can know that they're talking about, he's supposed to make $22.3 million this year, so the negotiations are, are going to be in the, are going to be in the beginning all right, let's listen to this, okay? Position for Mets fans, Francisco Lindor is with us. Francisco, how's it being a Met, and what's it like really being part of a new team for the first time in the major leagues? Being a Met so far has been great. Um, I've uh, had a good time. Um, everybody's great. Uh, the guys are, are fun to be around, and uh, it's a little different. It's a little different being in, in a new team, but at the end of the day, we, we play in the same game. Um, so I'm very excited to be here. Um, I can't wait to, to continue to play with the, with the boys and see uh, where we end up. Francisco, is it a little strange still when you look down and you see that NY logo, seeing that New York, that you're actually in that blue and orange with the Mets? Yeah, it's, it's different seeing pictures, um, for sure. Like seeing different colors is a little different, um, and especially they're completely different colors that I used to normally wear. Um, but, hey, I, I don't mind the colors. I like them. I think the, the combination of the blue and orange is pretty cool. You know what? You have a new owner in Steve Cohen. So He's put a lot of money in this team. Do you feel us. like there's a chance that Francisco Lindor and the Mets, there could be a long-term relationship there? I mean, I, I, I'm liking my, my time here so far. Uh, everybody's good. Um, and Steve, I had the chance to meet him and Alex, and they've been great. Um, and that's how our organization starts, you know, start from the top all the way down to the bottom. Um, so, 
uh, we'll see what the future holds. Um, definitely, like I said before, I've never been shy from, from an extension, but um, at the end of the day, it's got to make sense not only for me, for my family, and for the team as well. I heard you're already serving multiple roles within the organization, Francisco, and I mean that by your manager, Luis Rojas, saying that you're like uh, another coach out there when you're in the spring training drills. How much do you enjoy working with everyone else, especially on defense and giving them tips of your own? Yeah, I love it. I mean, defense is my thing. Um, I told a couple of the guys, I'm like, I'll, I'll help you with defense. You help me with hitting. Uh, we'll hit. I hope you have to play um, defense out of position yourself at times. And uh, let's, let's make the best out of this. Let's, we have a great opportunity in front of our hands. Um, let's make the most out of it. And let's try to come on top at the end of the year. Do you feel you've been in Florida now for a couple of weeks? Do you feel like now you're part of this Mets organization? Yeah. Yeah, um, I know I know a lot more people now. Um, it's been different with the mask. Everybody looks the same in the mask, hat, everybody looks the same. Um, but, you know, you can start to get to know more people and, and you get familiarized with the area and uh, um, you have fun every single day. Eventually, uh, you feel like you, you're part of the organization. And this is your first spring training in Florida, too. How's that going? Um, so far, it's been great. Uh, to be honest, I, I live out here in Florida during the offseason, so the change hasn't been that drastic. Um, and the travel has been good. We're staying within the same four or five teams that we have in our division, and uh, it's been great. Uh, I mean, I think yesterday I took the bus, took a nap. By the time I woke up, we were at the field. I'm like, oh, this is not bad at all. Nice. Getting your naps in, and also this will be your first journey through the National League East. What do you think of this division? Have you been able to size it up and see how much talent there is? Actually, let's go even further. Do you think this is the best division in Major League Baseball? Um, when we go each team, yes. Yes, I think it's the best division. However, I haven't played. I don't know how things are going to play out throughout the year. Um, but, yeah, the, the Braves have a good team. Nationals, they, they're outstanding. Phillies, they keep on getting better every year. Marlins um, made it to a postseason last year. They got some good arms. Um, there is us. You know, we we can play. We can play the game, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited because we have a great group of guys here, and we have fun. At the end of the day, we have fun, and that's why it's all about. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough div division, but – I'm looking forward to it. We're looking forward to watching you and really all of the shortstops in Major League Baseball that are just taking their game to another level. Do you feel like the shortstop position is at an all-time high from what you've seen it at? Man, that's that's hard to say because there's been so many great shortstops throughout the years, man, that it's, we just, we just play in a small role right now. Um, there's a lot of shortstop in the game that – has set the path for me and for the guys that are playing t today. Um, I can't say we are, we, we are at an all-time high because the shortstop that played the game um, before all of us, they, they, they made it easier for us because they set the, the path. And here we are. We, we just trying to play the game the right way and, and set it up for the next generation. You're doing a great job representing the position and the team, Francisco. Great to see you. Thank you, guys. I'll be here.
that was the that was the that was the big important thing important thing about it. So 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 those are the big stories. And also Brian Buxton's also fine for his ascension too, so there those details will come out sooner or later about what's gonna happen there. Alright guys, that is it for me today. This was a this was a long one, but I got a lot to cover, alright? Thank you very much. Alright, see you later, guys. <laughs>